if you want to avoid all the sickness this winter, the snotty noses, the coughs, the colds, the sleepless nights, the fevers, the Panadol and the antibiotics, the ear infections, the grumpy, tired kids, the days off work and school and childcare, are all those memories of last winter coming back? I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way this winter. I have a free online masterclass, three simple ways to boost your kids' immunity to avoid a winter full of sickness. It's on demand, meaning you can register and watch it straight away or watch it at a time that is convenient for you. Head on over to naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune and you will be able to sign up. In the masterclass, I am covering our natural, simple and effective approach to avoiding winter infections, how to boost your family's immunity with our proven three-step naturopathic strategy that is really easy for you to implement as a busy mum. We're going to talk about the immune depleters that you need to avoid so you're not wasting time and money building up your kids' immunity that is just being depleted by these common foods and environmental factors. I am sharing heaps of practical tips. I promise it will be an hour well spent. You can register again at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune. I can't wait to hear how you find it and to give you the tips to make this winter healthier. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Natural Super Kids podcast. We are starting a brand new series on the podcast this week, all about environmental allergies. Now, this is something we've we've talked a bit about on the podcast before, but I really wanted to dive into some of the most common offenders when it comes to environmental allergies in separate podcast episodes, because this is such a big issue that we see in the Natural Super Kids Club um, within our members that are in there. We're often kind of talking about environmental allergies, whether it's dust mites, which is what we're going to be focusing on in today's episode, you know, pollens and grasses, mold, how asthma fits into this as well. So these are some of the topics we're going to be covering in the coming weeks on the podcast. And um, in my experience of working with clients when it comes to environmental allergies, they can be really trickier, much trickier to get on top of because food is much easier, not easy, but easier to control what foods our kids are exposed to than the environmental, than the environment around them and things like dust mites, you know, which are really um, almost impossible to control completely. On the positive side, though, um, there is a lot we can do to minimize our kids' exposure 
to dust mites um, if we feel like they do have an allergy to them. So um, we're going to be diving into that in today's episode as well. So let's just talk a little bit um, about the foundations, like about allergies in general. We do have other podcast episodes that dive into this, which I will link in the show notes, but I just want to give a bit of a recap for those of you who may not have listened to previous episodes about allergies. So to put really simply, an allergy is an abnormal overreaction of the body's immune system to a substance which under normal conditions is harmless. So this could be a particular food, um, you know, egg allergies common, dairy allergies common, um, or it could be something within the environment that the immune system is overreacting to. And over the last three decades, uh, we have seen a dramatic increase in allergies, hay fever and asthma. These things often go hand in hand. Well, they're all sort of atopic conditions. In Australia, allergies affect one in four people and 20% of of the population suffer with hay fever to some extent, and up to 25% of children have issues with asthma. Now, that is a huge percentage. That um, They're pretty um, concerning stats. The tricky thing about allergies is you know, we don't have a definitive cause. Why do some kids develop allergies and others don't? We're not sure. But the hygiene hypothesis is about as close as we have to an underlying sort of reason um, that certain kids get allergies and others don't. So the hygiene hypothesis, again, we've done a dedicated podcast episode to the hygiene hypothesis. It's a really interesting area. Um, Basically what it is, is it's a theory that states that a lack of childhood exposure to microbes increases susceptibility to allergies. And as a society, I'm sure you'll agree we are obsessed with hygiene, maybe not so much in the Natural Super Kids community when we know how important this exposure to microbes is for our child's immune development. Um, But overall, we are a society that is obsessed with hygiene. We're obsessed with, you know, and and even more so since uh, the pandemic, Um, you know, our our babies are born into sterile environments. Um, We are constantly, you know, cleaning and sanitizing everything. Our food is, um, you know, sanitized, most of it to to some sort of extent. Our water is sanitized. Um, So, you know, our environment, our food, our water, and then we add in, you know, personal care products uh, such as hand sanitizers and antibacterial this and antibacterial that, that are leading to our kids being exposed to less microbes in their early life. And this is thought to increase susceptibility to allergies. And when we think about it, the immune system, as it's developing, it is learning how to respond to things. And a lot of this learning happens via the exposure to different microbes. Um, And now that our kids are exposed to fewer microbes than generations past, 
um, you know, in terms of the way that they're birthed, the way that they're fed, the way that they're raised, it's all much more sanitized. This means that kids' immune systems don't get a chance to practice how to respond. Um, and this affects the way that the immune system is built and developed um, and how it acts over time. There is also uh, a tie-in with the development of the microbiome, the gut microbiome. If children aren't exposed to different microbes within their environment, within their food, then they will have a lower diversity of uh, microbes within the gut. And we know that that is not a good thing for healthy immune development either. So it's kind of a two-pronged problem. Um, it's affecting how the immune system learns and develops, this lack of exposure to microbes. Um, and it also is affecting um, that all-important gut microbiome. So that's a bit of a, um, a recap on allergies in general, and the gut microbiome. So today I specifically want to talk about dust mite allergy, such an interesting topic, a little bit um, gross if we start to think about what dust mites actually are, um, which we will we'll certainly talk about. So let's talk about, um, you know, I guess what dust mites are the, the ins and outs of dust mites. Um, some fast facts, I guess, is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. So, uh, so dust mites are the most common cause of asthma and allergies worldwide. It makes sense, right? Because everyone is exposed to them. No matter what we eat, no matter what sort of environment we live in, everyone is exposed to dust mites. Dust mites commonly contribute to hay fever symptoms and also eczema. It's often a missing piece when it comes to eczema. You know, we put kids on, um, you know, trial elimination diets. We build up their skin integrity. We work on their gut health and things improve with their eczema symptoms. But, you know, there's still some underlying things going on. We still sort of can't clear it all together. Often dust mites can be the, the missing kind of piece to that. So dust mite exposure occurs all year. So kids with dust mite allergy will generally have more consistent allergy symptoms than kids, say, with hay fever and issues with pollens and grasses. Um, but dust mite exposure does peak in late spring and early autumn. So if your child's allergy type symptoms um, increase during these times, that could be a little hint that dust mites could be a problem. Dust mites are present on mattresses, bedding, especially dunas or quilts, we call them here in South Australia, um, within carpets, within fabric window dressings, soft furnishings and soft toys. So you can see how much of a breeding ground a child's bedroom can be when it comes to dust mites. Um, it really, the trick to reducing exposure to dust mites is to minimise, um, you know, fabric, soft fabrics within children's rooms. Symptoms of dust mite allergy include itchy, watery eyes, sneezing, um, itchy, runny, blocked nose, congestion, dried cough, wheezing, eczema. Um, you know, those hay fevery type symptoms, there can be skin symptoms um, associated as well. And one of the key kind of differentiators when it comes to is this a dust mite? 
um, allergy issue or is it something else, is that with dust mite allergies, symptoms are often worse at night and upon waking. So kids, first thing in the morning, their symptoms are worse and overnight, and they generally improve when away from their bedrooms um, and away from the source. Of course, you know, there can be dust mites present at school and in different environments as well. But um, yeah, it's often an indicator if kids are waking up with allergy symptoms um, and their symptoms are worse at night when they're in, you know, these bedrooms, which can be dust mite breeding grounds. And the gross bit about dust mites is, well, first of all, they're they're small translucent creatures and they thrive in warm, moist places. Um, And the, the, the problem with them is that they produce and excrete numerous allergens, including proteins and um, microbial byproducts in their feces. So that is that that is actually what um, we are reacting to when we're reacting to dust and um, house mites. Uh, sorry, house dust mites. Uh, and there's nothing you can do to get rid of them altogether. We do, you know. It's a part of being human and um, where there is dust and where there is humans, there will be house dust mites. Um, They don't actually have any eyes and they can't drink. So instead, they rely on absorbing water from the air. Get this, each person sheds enough skin cells to feed one million house dust mites per day. So we cannot get rid of their food source. to just visualize how small they are, 50 house dust mites can fit onto the head of a pin. So they are teeny tiny. There's no way we're going to be able to see them. Um, and there are about there are between 100 and 500 dust mites per gram of household dust. Isn't that crazy? Um, The other really interesting thing about dust mites is they cannot survive in dry climates where there is a relative humidity below 40%. So they really do thrive in more of a humid kind of environment. Um, They don't bite, they don't spread disease, they don't cause any other health problems unless you are allergic to them. And as I said, it's a protein in their feces that causes the allergic reactions in people who are susceptible to um, these dust mite allergies. So there's, you know, there's there's a lot to kind of say when it comes to um, dust mites and a lot of people will will be grossed out by, by that. So the first thing we need to be thinking about if this is like, if you're thinking, oh, my child, you know, I think they might have an issue with dust mites um, after hearing what I've just sort of talked about. The first thing is to reduce the exposure. Now, this is, it's impossible to get rid of the exposure altogether to get rid of house dust mites completely. But but the best thing that we can do is clean more. Isn't that good news for us parents? <laughs> We want to be keeping the dust load down. It doesn't necessarily. I'm kind of half joking. Um, yes, dusting more and getting rid of the dust is part of the picture, but we can sort of, that. there's some smart ways that we can do this. So one simple thing that we can do is take our shoes off before we enter the home and get our family in the habit of taking their shoes off when they walk in the door. That reduces, um, you know, 
the dust load coming into the house and it also reduces a lot of other kind of environmental nasties that can live on the bottom of our shoes and we can trape them through the house if we keep our shoes on. When we are dusting, everyone's favourite job, we want to be using a damp microfiber cloth to dust the home, not dry dusting because that just moves them around and can actually increase dust mite allergy symptoms because, you know, they're they're sort of, um, they've been moved around the house more. So using a damp microfiber cloth, use a vacuum cleaner. Um, Now, this isn't necessary for everyone, but if you know that your child is allergic to dust mites or someone in the house is, then using a vacuum cleaner fitted with a HEPA filter, H-E-P-A, will really help and and a motorized head as well. And um, as a last resort for someone who is really sensitive to dust mites, you might want to consider purchasing an air filter fitted with a HEPA, UV and carbon filter. This isn't usually necessary, um, but that's kind of the gold standard of keeping those dust mites at bay. Now, kids' rooms, as I said, are often breeding grounds for dust mites. So we want to be minimizing soft toys and any sort of soft furnishings in a child's room, Um, washing soft toys and bedding in hot water and exposing them to full sun on a regular basis. Um, So, you know, trying not to just always use the the dryer. to dry sheets and things, exposing to sun is really helpful for getting rid of those of those dust mites. And yeah, washing in hot water can make a big difference as well. Vacuuming the mattress. Now, I know there's a lot for us parents to do when it comes to cleaning the house and vacuuming another part of the house. Um, you know, is is not that enticing, but just giving um, your your child's mattress and your own mattress a vacuum. Um, once a month at least, in kids that are really sensitive to dust mites, even weekly, you know, um, whenever you're changing the sheets, give the the mattress a vacuum to get rid of those dust mites um, a little bit more. Now, storing clothing um, and linen and you know, old soft toys and furnishings, make sure you're using space bags um, and if possible, keeping them out of the room of the child that has a dust mite allergy will make a really big difference. And then some smart things we can do, we can use dust mite resistant protectors, covers and bedding made from natural fibres and reduce humidity levels by getting a dehumidifier if you live in a humid climate. Um, or installing an exhaust fan, opening windows when bathing, anything we can do to get those humidity levels down is going to be helpful because, as I said, dust mites love the humidity. Another interesting fact that, you know, many people wouldn't think of uh, is that dust mite allergy sufferers should avoid sleeping in bunk beds. If they absolutely must sleep in a bunk bed, they need they should be on the top bunk um, and enclose pillows, mattresses and fabric covered, uh, you know, boards with dust mite resistant covers. So you really want to reduce exposure to, to any of those soft furnishings. Look, in some cases with clients that I've worked with, they've gotten rid of curtains and even carpet from kids' bedrooms to reduce that dust mite exposure. And it can make 
the world of difference. So that is something else that you can do. But just, you know, it's keeping the dust levels down in the home that can make a really big difference in terms of how much um, you know, how big of a load of dust mites kids are exposed to. So as well as reducing the dust mite load in the home, you know, we also want to look at environments that our kids are going to regularly and see what we can do to reduce, uh, you know, the dust mite load in things like classrooms, childcare centres. This can be really tricky, but at least having the conversation, especially if you're noticing that your child is coming home with increased symptoms, um, that is, you know, that's an important part of the picture. And then we want to be looking at, you know, supporting a child's system um, naturally or naturopathically to improve their allergy tolerance. So I just want to go into a bit of an overview for this because this is going to be different depending on the child and what is going on for them specifically. But we always want to be looking at the gut microbiome. We know that uh, more diversity within the gut microbiome leads to less allergy tendencies. And there are also some, some specific strains of probiotic supplements that can be really helpful when it comes to allergies. I've mentioned Lactobacillus rhamnosus LGG before. Um, This is one of our favorite sort of probiotic um, species here at Natural Super Kids for kids with allergies. So uh, that can be a good one, but it will depend on a child's particular Uh, you know, individual sort of situation and what else is going on. So we do always recommend, uh, you know, talking to a practitioner and we offer express consultations or full consultations all done online here at Natural Super Kids. So you can get that support and make sure your kids are on the right sort of probiotic supplements and other supplements for them. A prebiotic can be really helpful as well, particularly for kids who aren't getting enough prebiotic fibers in their diet through, you know, whole grains and veggies and things like that. Um, So we really love like a green banana starch that you can add to smoothies or a PHGG, partially hydrolyzed guar gum. Um, These are prebiotic sort of supplements that we regularly recommend for kids. And the prebiotics help with the overall health of the microbiome and help the good species of bacteria thrive within a child's body. So looking at that microbiome diversity is a must. The other thing that you want to consider when it comes to strengthening our child's tolerance to allergies um, is vitamin D. So vitamin D is essential for immune regulation. It it improves, improves, improves allergy tolerance, and it also has a positive effect on microbiome diversity as well. So we don't um, necessarily recommend vitamin D supplementation for all kids. It does depend on a child's lifestyle, the climate they live in, what their current level of vitamin D is, you can get this tested um, 
through a blood test at the doctor. Uh, and so vitamin D is just something to consider um, as, you know, a, a really important part or a really important ingredient to a healthy immune system. Again, in terms of dosages and specific supplements, we recommend uh, seeking practitioner support and advice. But one very simple way that you can optimize your child's vitamin D levels is make sure they're exposed to to the sun enough. Um, you know, sun uh, vitamin D is the sunshine nutrient. And so that's where our vitamin D primarily comes from. So getting our kids outside uh, into the sunshine, you know, in a sun safe sort of way, of course, um, is important. And I'll link to a, a episode that we've done on vitamin D if you want to dive into this topic um, a little bit deeper. And there are some wonderful natural antihistamines and herbs that can um, really improve symptoms when it comes to dust mite allergy and also other environmental um, allergies as well. So vitamin C can be great. Quercetin, which is a nutritional compound, which is a really fantastic natural antihistamine. Um, and herbs such as albizia is one of my favorites, A-L-B-I-Z-Z-I-A, uh, really great for those respiratory symptoms associated with dust mite allergy. Um, and albizia also is helping to you know, improve allergy tolerance. So it doesn't work like an antihistamine does where it just um, sort of uh, mops up the histamine that's already been released by the body as part of that allergic kind of cascade that happens. But these more natural um, nutritional compounds and herbal compounds are actually um, it partly, it, it one, one way that they work is they're reducing the release of histamine from the cells in the first place. So they're sort of working that one step ahead um, to reduce that histamine release. Uh, so I hope that's been really helpful. Homeopathics can be great for dust mite allergies as well. Um, you know, we will often sort of recommend uh, homeopathics in conjunction with nutritional compounds and herbal compounds uh, for allergies as well. It's just a matter of finding the right remedy for a particular child, which isn't something that I can kind of advise on a podcast about because it really is very individual. So I hope this has been really helpful for you. As I said, the most important thing is to reduce that dust mite load. And I shared loads of different tips with you to be able to do that. Um, so next week, we are going to be continuing the conversation about environmental allergies. Um, so I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week.
before you go, don't forget about my free online on-demand masterclass, Three Simple Ways to Naturally Boost Your Kid's Immunity to Avoid a Winter Full of Sickness. I'm sharing my practical tips on ways that you can strengthen your whole family's immune system to avoid the onslaught of winter infections so your family can stay healthy and well this winter. You can sign up at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune.